This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming. Hello. Hey. Hey. What's up? Good morrow. <laughs> We're back to that. The recurring good morrow. This is the our podcast could turn into like a, a party game where every time CA or Jamie says good morrow, it's to. like the switch where you're like, why do they keep repeating themselves? The game is just like so repetitive. Um, anyways, okay, so what are we talking about today? What are we doing? All right, today we're talking about chaos. Yes. Oh, our lovely friend, chaos. Why do we crave it and sometimes manifest it and create it for ourselves mm-hmm. when life is not producing it for us anymore? This is a trend that I think you and I have seen some people asking questions about and talking about through some of our avenues, as well as, as with everything in this podcast, our own personal lives, our own personal experiences of this issue. So we want to kind of just bring some light to and acknowledge, have some awareness about this pattern that Mm -hmm. happens, which is like you have human beings with their brains and their bodies and their minds and all of this that have gone through life accumulating experiences and defaults are set from those experiences. And so if part of your story is that you went through a period of time, whether that's childhood or teenagehood or adulthood, doesn't really matter. As long as there was kind of like a chronic-ish period of time where high levels of chaos and stress were your environment. You were just like seeped in this environment of like regular, ongoing, chaotic situations in your life that you were just being exposed to over and over and over again, of course, that's going to become like a default setting of yours. You're just going to become so accustomed to it because our bodies are so adaptable and they're just wired for survival. So when we have no power to really change the environment, we just learn to live with it and figure out a way to adapt to it. And, you know, there's a wide variety of ways that we adapt to it, but at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is the fact that that's what happened. You adapted to this level of chaos. Your body got accustomed to being flooded with cortisol and adrenaline and even dopamine and all these like hormones that cycle through that get like turned on and clicked into gear when you start experiencing, you know, yelling matches and things being thrown and not knowing, you know, not having any kind of regularity to where people are in your house or like, who's here today? Who's not here today? What's going on? You know, is there, is there dinner? Is there this? Is there that? Like there's a million different examples of like types of chaos that can go on to create this. But so you get used to this. And then what we want to talk about is since a lot of our listeners, our whole podcast is geared towards folks who are on their healing journey. So now let's say you have exited that situation. And who knows how many years it's been, but you're no longer in an environment like that. Whether this is now you're living on your own or you're living with somebody who is a healthy, you know, roommate or a partner and there's just not that level of chaos in your life anymore and you get going living through life and all of a sudden because these things got hardwired into your nervous system and into your body and into your psyche some indicators are going to start going off that are like, wait, where's that 
adrenaline. Wait, where's that dopamine? Where's that chaos? What's going on? And you actually start to feel uncomfortable with calmness because you're just not used to it. And so, and I don't want to like demonize this and I'm not, of course, like that's never what we do here because hello, that that would be, you know, disparaging my own self. It's just acknowledging that this is a thing that happens as we get out of the chaos. And then all of a sudden we're like, where's that chaos? We, we weirdly, we want it. Even if we can acknowledge that it was unhealthy and we didn't like it when it was happening, it's just what the default is. And so we don't know how to, there's no rule book or rubric. Nobody taught any of us how to make the adjustment. Right, right. Um, And you would think once you get to the calm, you would just be like, ah, this is great. This is exactly what I've always wanted. And I'm so happy to be here. And you'd think that we would just like easily and happily adjust but it's not that simple, unfortunately. Right. So if you think about how complex this is, it is a tricky and sensitive subject because we're almost talking about something that would naturally elicit kind of like shame or guilt because you're like, I don't, I kind of feel guilty if I like crave chaos. Right. And many times people are going to be like, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't crave chaos. Right. And it's, it's, well, first of all, it's almost like how are we defining chaos, right? Are you are you defining it with like blowout fights where fists are flying and people are bleeding? Or are we talking about emotional chaos, right? Think about emotional chaos, right? I, I kind of like to highlight, we kind of, I don't want to say we all go through this, but I would say there's kind of a general sense of in high school, if you're trying to navigate relationships, sometimes people like like to pick fights and they like to be dramatic and they like to gossip because it fuels that part of them that's like, hey, this is entertainment. Hey, this is interesting, right? All of a sudden we all become like very interested in each other's lives and that brings a sense of chaos, right? So in high school, we can probably admit like, yeah, I don't feel bad about gossiping. I don't care, like whatever. But Now, when we're a little bit older, we might be coming to terms with, you know, that being so present or maybe your entire family. Like we had that episode on shit talking, like everybody complains all the time. And like that is in and of itself, like a variation of a chaotic environment because there's so many moving parts and everyone's getting judged and everyone's getting thrown under the bus. And it's part of the chaos, right? But it's not someone bleeding or getting punched in the face, right? That is a variation of chaos. But I want us to sit with the nuance here because it's not just what maybe like on the outside, someone might think, what would be a chaotic moment, right? You'd be like screaming and someone's crashing and and we would have this like specific idea that would pop into our head. And it's more than that. It's more than that level. And actually, I think the they're both kind of, they're kind of treacherous. But like, if I think about what goes under the radar more often would be the emotional chaos that we're not realizing is in our everyday life, right? Because it is that type of experience that gets normed, right? Everyone in my family gossips. That's normal right? When we get together for family reunions, it's always like, whose cousin's over there? And who did this? And who got broken up? And the it's always that. And because no one's having a blowout fight on a picnic table, no one's going to be like, yeah, my family loves chaos. I want to point out the nuance here because the more we can recognize what it might look like in our individual lives, the better we can deconstruct it. Right. So if we're listening to this episode and we're thinking, well, I didn't have a childhood or teenage life that wasn't completely like full of fistfights, I must not know what you're talking about. And I'm like, well, if you look at it layered, right, there might be some people that don't relate, but if you look at it in a layered way, it could be like blowout physical stuff. And it absolutely can be entanglement with emotional chaos, emotional, like unpredictability and that whole like push pull dynamic from like a sibling or a friendship or a parent that honestly is that roller coaster of chaos. It's everything's insanely intense and then everything's like super low. Right. And it's like, that is one of those things that we 
tend to normalize because we say, yeah, dad's just like that. That's just how my bestie is. You know, she sometimes ghosts me for a week and then everything's fine. And I'm like, I don't, we have to talk about what this looks like before we actually deconstruct it. Yeah, I think when, when I think of chaos, and I would probably say like the two main like markers for it is one that you were just kind of touching on is the like the really high highs and the really low lows, just this kind of like hill valley, hill valley, like these constant huge swings. That's one of them. And the other one is the fact that it's unpredictable. You don't know when this is coming. You don't know where it's coming from. Like it could be anything today. Today could be, you know, the parent that's upset or today it could be the sibling that's upset or the friend from school or what. And like, you don't know where it's coming from, but you know that it's, you know, you're just constant. So you get into a state of like hypervigilance because you're just like, Ooh, at any point something can happen and I got to be ready. (laughs) I got to be ready to tussle. So like, I think I would say those are like kind of the two main markers for what we would be talking about in this episode is like that particular flavor of chaos. So if you think about, this is actually the weird, uh, it's almost like sounds counterintuitive. Because when we say something's unpredictable and we have gotten to the point where we're like, man, you know, everything's really calm and I'm kind of bored and like, right. It's interesting because we almost seek out predictable injections of chaos. Does that make sense? Like we have something injected into our life that does reliably have some sort of chaotic element, right? That could be that friend that always seems unhinged, right? The friend just always has a car broken down and she always needs someone helping her and she always needs something. So you know what? Life is kind of weird. I might as well check in with her, right? Or who's providing the predictable amount of chaos that you might be like urging, you know, to like, fulfill in your brain, right? So it's like, this is where we wanted to take a second and and try to break down like, if that was consistent throughout. And remember, I don't even want to say childhood, because this could be something you didn't deal with in childhood, but then you went into a partnership with someone that provided that level mm-hmm. of chaos. And then you guys broke up, right? And so all of a sudden, you're like, weird. Why am I like, super bored? And why is everything, you know, like, why am I craving this kind of like, and this is where that self-sabotage comes in. People are like, well, if the chaos isn't there, I will do it to myself. Right. But when I'm talking about that unpredictableness, right. If it's starting to look like things are really boring, we want something that's predictably chaotic. Right. And so naturally, if it doesn't, if we don't find ourselves in a relationship that provides that new sense of like ups and downs or chaos, we will kind of substitute predictable Mm -hmm. experiences in our lives that provide almost like either an observation of chaos or an integration, almost like think about when we're kids and we play fantasy roles, right? Like we do fantasy play. And the reason if you watch a kid interact, they're actually teaching us how our brain will like kind of fall into like when we're older, it will fall into these experiences. And you're like, well, what do you mean? Do I do fantasy play as an adult? And I'm like, kind of if you ever watch a movie and you felt like you were a part of it, or if you ever watch a reality TV show and you felt like you were part of the adrenaline of someone getting broken up, like that's you playing into that like fantasy role. And it's not you actively like playing alongside your bestie and pretending you guys are breaking up or something. It's a way for you to exercise that energy without even being seriously conscious that you're doing it, which is so interesting because this is why this episode is kind of going to be like probably, you know, lighten some, you know, putting some light bulbs up, you know, because people are going to be like, what do you mean? Like, do you mean that that's why I seek that out? And I'm like, it's not an all or nothing. It doesn't mean that's the only reason you seek out certain activities. But I think about like where we find substitutes for chaos And Mm -hmm. CA and I are going to go over a couple, but, you know, I briefly mentioned a few, but it's not, these are not definitive answers. These are just examples. And they're meant to, to spark something within your internal work to try to ask that deeper question of yourself, right? So for some, you might hear us use an example and you're going to be like, 
never dealt with that problem. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? And it's meant to be just a surface level example of the deeper way you might be seeking out a substitute for like that chaotic element in your life. Yeah. So should we just start jumping in? I mean, we can do some examples. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Why don't we start with some examples? Maybe something that you find, you know, kind of really, really pertaining to something you've either experienced or like something you've noticed with like, you know, your peer groups or something. Because I think this is where I don't want to speak in generalizations. So that's why I'm prefacing that because I don't want people to be like, oh, because I do this, that's definitely linked to my trauma. It's more like listen to the episode leading up to this and ask yourself, what is the motivator behind some of the choices I make in my life? And that's where Mm -hmm. these examples are going to come in. Okay. So this one, I might ruffle some feathers, but... I think there is a potential for this activity to be this kind of chaos dosage activity. You know, it could be a possible avenue for it. And that's going to be the types of media that people consume. One of the things that I know is like extremely popular in both video and audio podcasts and things like that is is things like true crime and crime documentaries. Sorry, guys. I know they're your favorites, but I really feel like I have to address it. And again, this is we are not at all speaking in absolutes. This is because some people might genuinely get something completely different out of that activity. But for some folks, I think there might be an element of receiving like stress hormones from listening to or watching other people go through very off. I mean, let's just call it what it is, right? Like just absolutely the worst of the worst types of things that are, you know, being featured in these types of media products. So the thing is, you know, for some people, it, it might just be part of, you know, an interest of theirs. It might be, you know, they're doing research or they're trying to learn something. I, I, I'm i not speaking in an absolute here. But if you do consume quite a lot of that type of media, I would just suggest maybe checking in with yourself about why. What's the intentionality behind it? And what are you getting out of it? Like when you walk away from listening to that podcast or watching that documentary, what are you feeling in your body? What thoughts are you having? Because that might be able to speak to and inform you a little bit about where the motivation for this is coming from. Right, right. It's This is so tricky because I think... It's that whole mindful curiosity that opens these doors that we don't really want the answer to. Because for some, it is. Like, you're right. I think for some, it's just an interest. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's fairly interesting to me. It can be, like, super benign. And at the same time, to me, like, working in the trauma field, working with my own trauma, trying to deconstruct what informs what, you know, what is influencing me. I mean, anyone who's followed me long enough knows I've been a true crime junkie for so long. And it's funny that CA brings this up because she knows that about me. And and it's like, that's why she's like, don't hate me, guys. But it's one of those things that like, I'm going to speak on a personal level here because I do think like, it's just used as an example. But if you think about what it feels like to listen to some of the hardest things about someone's life, like an injustice or robbing someone of their autonomy or robbing someone of their life or someone who like got away with murder or something like that. Like these are all very like heavy psychological elements for us to process and like even listen to is a level of immersion. Like, let me clarify something like listening and watching okay, is like a very deep level of immersion. That's why this podcast can sometimes bring us to tears because we're also going there and going to a deep level with you guys while we're walking you guys through these things. And so you're getting like immersed into these stories. You're getting immersed 
like psychologically, the emotions sometimes will be linked to these things. And so to say that's completely benign, like we're not moralizing this. Please hear this. Like when I say this, when I talk about like reality TV shows or when we talk about true crimes or the other examples we're going to lead up to, we're not saying that as that means you just need to stop doing it and you're just making your trauma worse and you're just getting bad and shame on you because you're be, you're just you're you're just making your life worse, right? No, we're saying if you approach these things with curiosity, you can make more freed decisions when you engage with those activities. Okay. So you guys have to hear that probably a couple more times throughout this episode. But what I'm saying is we're talking about the freedom of choice that's not linked to like old neural pathways that our brain formed from like old trauma. Right. And so if I want to listen to a true crime podcast, what my brain is doing now is it's going through a couple of steps before I actually make that decision. Okay. I will take into account my emotional capacity to endure a heavy story. And this goes back to one of our old points in one of our old episodes. Just because you can endure something doesn't mean it's like actually enriching you to do that, to actually bear that load. Okay. Because I can take a lot. Like you guys know, I work with therapy people all the time. So I can endure a lot of like trauma unloading. Okay. And just because I can doesn't mean that that's the best choice for my healing journey in that moment. So I actually have to ask myself that question. Okay. I have to say, what can I, like, what am I needing right now in this moment? Do I just need to fill the next hour because I'm cleaning? If I'm just needing to fill the next hour, what might my brain need to like soothe itself? And here's the tricky part. Typically people who have this experience, they'll be like, <laughs> I'll be blatantly honest, like no one like to, likes to admit this, but like I've heard this time and time again, they go, that's why I can fall asleep to true crime because it's like, doesn't, it's actually kind of like oddly soothing. And I'm like, right, nobody wants to admit that, but like truly I get what people are talking about because it's this weird, I'm getting to like experience somebody else's story, but it's not happening to me and that's kind of comforting right? Or it's not happening to me. So like, I feel like better about things, right? Okay. And now I'm going to tie this into the reality TV show. That whole thing with reality TV, that's a whole nother thing that I think we could layer this on, right? I'm not against reality TV shows, whatever. But it's like, when we seek out these like chaotic, relational, you know, dynamics that happen in reality TV, you have to ask yourself, like, what am I getting out of this dynamic? Okay. Because many people will be like, yeah, it's kind of like, it's super entertaining, right? Sure. It can be super entertaining. And do you like, and some people might be like, it literally helps me feel better about my life. Like, I feel like I make better choices than them. And I'm like, even that, like, if you're being blatantly honest, even that, like, it's not, it's, it's robbing you of your own conviction that you're already making good decisions. You don't have to compare yourself to someone who's definitely manufacturing that drama. Like me being on the other side of like, you know, content creation, like most of the stuff you see that's dramatic is curated for you. Right. So this is curated drama. And then we're saying, well, at least I'm not as much of a train wreck as them. And I go, well, first of all, I'd almost want to like ask you to reframe that narrative because you're already going into it as like, I just need to feel better about myself. And my question is, if we're doing like the healing work we need to do, it would be, okay, so that's just the question is I want to feel good about myself, okay? So we would start there, right? And so people are like, yeah, but that's the fastest route. Like, Reality TV shows the fastest route for me to just feel better about myself. 
And then it's like, we're missing the point. Do you see what I'm saying? Like now we're missing, like what is actually getting looped? What's getting looped right there is that like, I just need to feel better about my life situation. I just need to feel better that like, you know, my, I'm really upset at my husband. So I'm going to watch really, really terrible men treat really, really like chaotic situations. Like, and I'm just going to like watch the worst of the worst. So I feel better about the way my husband just talked to me. Right. And I'm like, we're bypassing processing. We're bypassing your own conviction and and your own truth. And we're just doing a comparison game. Right. And that to some level is not going to ever elicit true transformation. It's just going to get you by, It's just going to get you by the, like to the end of the day where you're like, I just need to feel a little bit better. So I'll pause there because I know that this is a long one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I feel like what's interesting here is like playing it through and like getting into the mind frame of that actual moment where we get some sort of cue. It's usually so subconscious. It's not even like we have like a real conscious verbal thought to think this for us, but we get some sort of cue in us that's like calling for chaos. Getting to that point I was kind of like in my mind, I was like playing it through and thinking about like how that feels and why our bodies just come up with some sort of substitute and why our brains just tell us to do this or tell us to do that to give us that quick hit of whatever it is that we are needing in that moment, whether that's chaos or dopamine or a weird like work around to self-soothe yourself by seeing someone else in a worse off situation, whichever it is. I think the shifting here, as we always do in this podcast, into the, okay, now how do we unlearn? And what are some skills to start moving forward if this is something you're relating to and you're wanting to move into a healthier space where you feel a little bit more free and consciously aware of the choices you're making for your life? And wanting those choices to feel really autonomous, like I'm doing this for this purpose that's enriching and, you know, propelling me towards the vision for the life I actually want for myself. If that's where you are, this is the part of the podcast where we're going to start to shift. So I was thinking about when you get to that point and you have that moment, the skill is the same. This is why we're going to have a lot of repeats in this podcast, guys, because these skills are very basic, but they're broadly applicable to so many different aspects and like topics and areas of our life. So the skill is the pause. You're going to pause when you feel that moment. And instead of just kind of jumping into whatever that is for you, and we, you know, we could get into some more examples as well. Um, one of the other examples is just straight up like busyness, the way that people just literally just fill their lives with so many things to keep their cortisol at a certain level that they're used to, which is your, if you, if you're unfamiliar with cortisol, that's like your main like stress hormone that like gets pumped through you when you're under high amounts of stress. So if you keep your life and your schedule so jam packed at all times, like you're just getting yourself regular doses of cortisol. And if that's what you were used to, that makes sense as to why you would continue to manufacture that for yourself. But anyway, so when you get to that point, you're going to pause and you're going to say, huh, and you're going to go into that observer role, that curiosity role. Okay, I'm feeling like I need something, right? And just you don't even have to have language or words to even understand it like this. You, We do give a lot of education in this podcast to give you some of that terminology, it's okay if you don't even have the perfect words or terminology for it. You just get curious about this feeling and it's going to feel really uneasy guys, like in your body and in your brain. Like if you give yourself that pause, it can feel really uncomfortable because you're just like, I don't understand this. I just, 
I don't like the calmness. Like I just, I, I need something like it's I'm bored or I feel anxious and like antsy. And like, I just feel like I need to consume or input something into my person that is going to like, like give me an elevated feeling, give me a, like a shock or a dose or something that makes me feel a little bit more like what I'm used to feeling like. Okay. And so when you have that moment of pause, you have that discomfort of like, Ooh, I just feel like I need something. Why am I feeling like this? And then pause, continue observing. And if you would like to shift into something that feels a little more mindful for you rather than just doing that sort of like reactionary, okay, I feel like I need something, knee jerk, do the thing that I usually do that gives me that, you know, hit of whatever. Rather than doing that, you can move into a little bit more of a mindful state and check in with your body, check in with the different parts of your body. Cause that's the thing that's this is one of those topics, guys, that is very like in our bodies. And that's, I'm glad that we have an episode a few back. Well, it's probably quite a few back at this point, but we had a whole one about body led healing. And like your body is a huge factor in this particular topic. And so you're going to try to check in with your body and feel where that discomfort is like really located for you. Sometimes it's like in your gut area, sometimes it's more in like your chest area whatever that is for you. And then really just kind of try to do something that feels a little bit more calming and soothing for you. And I've got a million different tools and tricks and techniques as far as that goes. And you can look into tapping. You can look into polyvagal theory. You can look into just write these down, people. Google these up because I don't think we'll have time to go into every single one of these. You can even just do something as simple as like, cold therapy, like just go splash some cold water on your face or get a cold washcloth for the back of your neck. Something that kind of is going to force you back into the present with your body right now and is going to help you almost like recenter with the here and now. Because that's the thing about these defaults is they're kind of, because they were rooted in these sort of past patterns that's where your brain wants to go. It wants to stay in that like looping pattern that you're used to rather than like coming into the here and now of this sort of version that you're becoming and this version that you're wanting to grow into. The thing is, like, if you just stay stuck in these past versions, then you're going to always continue to be that person. If you are trying to shift and grow and move into something different, as simple as it sounds, like if you want your life to feel different, then you have to do things that are different than what you would normally do. You know, so if you would normally feed that chaos, but you're feeling like you're in a place where you don't necessarily know if that's serving you anymore, and you would rather do something else, then this is the time to this is that moment where you do start to make those shifts. And if I'm going to be completely honest, guys, like, it might not feel satisfactory. And I, I, I hate to hit you with that hard truth, but in the beginning, because it took years to build this new default, it's going to take a while. I don't, maybe not years, but it's going to take some time to like shift back out of it and readjust your nervous system to a completely different default because that takes time. When you're making that shift, you might feel periods of dissatisfaction and almost like emotionally, uh, like hungry. Mm. <laughs> you, if we're going to look at it as like a crave, like if you crave this really high level, like this, you know, this giant fudge sundae with all the toppings on it, like if that's what you're used to for like your emotional input, your chaos input, and you're shifting into something else and you're like, you know what? I don't think I need that. I think I'm going to start something else. And you choose like, an apple instead, emotionally, it's not going to taste the same as a hot fudge sundae. And I'm just going to say that right now. So you might go through a period of time where you're just not feeling 100% like satiated. Mm. And that's normal. And that's okay. And that's 
part of this process while you adjust your system to a completely different default. Mm, yeah, that's so that's so important. And I think it's something that is missing in a lot of the dialogue around this, which is what does this actually feel like when you practice it, which doesn't really get spoken about. It's kind of like, yeah, this is your journey toward healing and it's going to get better. And it's like, well, the reason why I end up back in that loop is because I get bored and I get like my, like, I feel like my mind is numbing and there's no excitement and my world kind of just feels like gray and not exciting anymore. And, you know, when you hear that, you're like, why would anyone choose to feel that way? You know, like, why would anyone? But what I think is a good reframe here is that we're not seeking a dull and boring life. I think what we're missing is how much that craving for chaos robs us many times of what we actually want out of life, right? Like there's many times where when we're trying to do this self-work, like, I mean, I get stuck in the doom scrolling. Like that's one of the things that I get stuck in, right? And I like, I look at like different things that patterns that show up in my life and it's like, I know that there's this part of me that's like, we have to start like really shifting our expectations around the way we engage with media and the way we engage with work. Like, see, I was talking about busyness. Like I'm probably the worst, like I am one of the worst at that. Like I, if I'm not busy, I will take on another task to make me busy. And so I don't, and because of that, I don't actually gain the awareness I need that allows me to understand what space and time and unassigned like living looks like, right? I don't get to be familiar with that when I fill it up with, with busyness, right? And so what I think we're speaking to is there's sometimes this fear of awareness when we start this work, which is what CA was talking about. The step of observation is a radical call to awareness. It is, it's easy for us to say, oh, get curious, but curiosity takes a lot of mental energy. It takes a lot of, you know, giving yourself the space to feel, giving yourself the space to honor your real emotion, that radical self-honesty that we talk about. Like, do I actually leave this experience more traumatized? Like that's what, going back to my true crime, one of the things that really curbed this new engagement with the thing that I've loved for so many years, guys, I've been like obsessed with true crime for so long. And these past few months, I barely interacted with that. And honestly, it came from a place of like self-compassion because it wasn't that like when I was listening to it, I genuinely were like, yep, this is my thing. Like I enjoy it, whatever. And then what I did was I added another layer of awareness and I asked myself what was happening to my brain after I would listen to these stories. And you know, little known fact, I like I always told myself I should have been a criminologist. I have this radical passion for justice. And, you know, there's this there's this part of me that like, I wish I went into the investigative psychology kind of thing. But that part of my brain always gets fed during true crime, which I can honor. And I can absolutely know that there might be a place for that to be respected. And I can, in theory, engage in that hobby, maybe a little bit more mindfully. But what was happening was wasn't really that anymore. It was literally I was like, dysregulated like so I'd come off of like an hour episode there'd be this very very tragic story that I just listened to there'd be a radical injustice there'd be a family that was left with questions there'd be someone that like you know made a public statement to rub their you know face in it like that they got away with it or something like something so dysregulating that like I would turn off my phone and I would be like ranting about it to whoever would listen and I would ruminate it and I'd go on Google and I'd look at all of the things and I'd be like, oh my God, this person got out of prison already or oh my God, this family is still looking for answers or whatever. And I would find myself genuinely 
consumed with this like chaos. And to be fair, you know, there is a place for like advocacy. And I absolutely believe what some of those podcasters are doing. This is not me trying to speak ill of that, but like they have radically changed lives. They've solved cases. They've helped families. Like there's some really amazing good things that have happened from this. It's just that when we look at the consumer aspect of it, this is why you need to hear it. It's not all or nothing. There very well may be times that you are like, yeah, this is definitely an interest of me. It's a passion project of mine. And that's all well and good. What we're talking about, though, is that if you add layers of awareness here, layers of processing, all right, what this is going to look like is you're going to start arriving to new conclusions about some of the things that are informing the behavior, which is scary and it's uncomfortable and it's radically honest with yourself and it's getting to a deep sense of like your true self and the things that are like really shifting from, you know, the past version of yourself to the new version of yourself and like some of the old traumas that are still getting looped and some of the new processing that's occurring. So I guess my point is that when we're looking at some of the activities, it's not that you're crossing off everything that gives you joy. That's not what we're talking about. We're genuinely saying to be in that state of awareness can be incredibly challenging and it can elicit a lot of new mind states. And what I mean by that is like your, your state of mind will enter a different energy, if that makes sense. You'll, you'll engage with your mind in a different way. And so instead of it feeling like I'm kind of don't have a choice, like I always sit down and I always watch these TV shows. And every time I get in the car, I always put on a podcast and I always listen to the true crime and I always do that. And it feels as though it's like, it literally sounds, as I'm describing it, defaulted. Like there is no actual interaction with why I would do it. It is just my life and I always do it, right? And so it's adding that layer, like Sia was talking about, like adding the pause, adding the layer even after the event, because a lot of the things, you've heard us say this before, but a lot of the times our learning happens after the fact, it happens after we engaged in the activity. So sometimes we didn't get that moment to pause. So I finished the true crime podcast. I found myself an hour into the rabbit hole of Google. And then all of a sudden I realized like for the past hour, I felt like someone was standing on my chest. I felt agitated. I felt dysregulated. What is this? What is this emotional energy and where did it stem from and why am I cycling through it, right? And so it comes down to your sovereignty. It comes down to you directing the energy that is inflowing into your life that is like washing over you that does sometimes feel defaulted. It will sometimes feel like, I didn't even know. I just kind of ended up watching. Now I'm on hour three, right? And you're like, oh, cool. So the reason why we're breaking down what this actually looks like with feet on the ground is because a lot of the times when you hear these like techniques of like, get into the observation role, go curious, like do all this stuff. A lot of the times what I hear from my clients is they'll say stuff like, I don't have that in the moment. Like I genuinely don't have that skill yet. It's not there. I literally am the person on the third hour of the show that thinks to myself, hmm, don't know how I got here, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. maybe I need to change my task, right? Or something. Okay. So if that's where you are right now, I just want to like normalize that for a second and validate that because that is part of the process. It's the initial stage is going to be a slight, yeah, like kind of the after It's going to be fact. more hindsight, yeah. right? Hindsight is foresight. You may have heard us talk about that. But like, yeah. if you look at the hindsight healing, it's very much like, I noticed that I found myself in kind of this like chaotic loop. Like I kind of, and, and then once I watched the TV show, then I went under the, then I went under the YouTube commentary and then I went into the forums and then I started being like, can you believe this bitch? And it's like, and now you're on hour three or four and you're like, wait, this all stemmed from this like looped pattern. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trace like, it back to the origin. Exactly. Had you 
Why'd you click on it in the first place? Where was your brain and body at at that moment? Right. And you know what? This is what it looks like to be embodied. This is what it looks like to be sovereign because it doesn't mean that you're you're not you're not going into this practice with deprecation. And please hear me. Right. You're not actually saying you piece of shit, you found yourself watching the reality TV shows again. You're dumb. Like, no, you're actually saying wow, I'm really grateful that I got to the point of recognition. I'm here. I'm on hour three and I just noticed that I did just spend a few hours in the spiral and I did just spend a few hours in the chaos. And now what I'm getting to is an understanding of what my brain was seeking. That's it. I don't get stuck in the surface level. You know how we are in this podcast. It's not about the reality TV show. It's not about the podcast. It's not about the, you know, the chaotic friend that you're interchanging with. It's about what was your brain asking after? Yeah. What were you after? Mm -hmm. Yes. What was it asking for? And what was it after? And when you sit there and you go at the root of this, just for the sake of the podcast, like it can be other things, but for the sake of this topic, if it is chaos. What we're doing is we're trying to notice when the brain seeks looped behavioral patterns, like loop, what mm -hmm. is the brain doing here and how do I get stuck? And if I'm mm -hmm. finding myself in a stuck pattern, I have to draw awareness of like the origin of this event, right? And so if the mm -hmm. origin is, let's say you only watch reality TV shows when you're really, really stressed out. Okay. Start recognizing the pattern, right? You're not getting angry at yourself. You're just saying, man, I haven't listened to true crime in like six months. Like why all of a sudden am I like, I have to binge every single episode, right? Well, my curiosity as the third party observer would be like, what might be needing to be soothed? Like what about this feels familiar? familiar. Mm -hmm. What about this feels like it's meeting some kind of requirement that your brain like set forth for you, right? What is that? Because if we're now noticing, wait a second. Yeah. I'm realizing that like, you know, I'm about to transition into a new job and I'm really stressed out about it. And like, I find myself like I was totally fine, you know, kind of doing my own thing. And now like, I'm really nervous and I'm getting really stressed out. And now I'm just kind of like, finding myself in this pattern, all you're doing is you're drawing autonomy over the event. That's it. That's all you're doing, right? And so that's what I mean by like, you don't have to eliminate all of these things out of your life. It just means that you're more autonomous over the experience, right? Mm -hmm. It's not all or nothing. You don't have to completely cut off the friend that brings a little bit of that chaotic energy into your life, but you maybe are more mindful when you engage with her, because now you're realizing that when I start a conversation with her, it actually feeds this part of me that like wants that energy. It wants that chaos. And maybe I can like interchange with that relationship in a little bit of a different way, right? Maybe I can just, instead of being like, I'll fix all your problems or I'll like go into the chaos with you, you can show up in a new way with new skills, right? So this is a little, this is, this is very tricky work, guys. This is, this is what I mean by like, it starts to get very deep and very heavy really quickly. Before I forget, I wanted to say this while you were talking regarding the shifting, changing process, right? So sometimes we might just start with the kind of like reverse observation, the hindsight observation. And then from there, we might be able to move into now we've the hindsight became foresight. And so now we actually are gaining that skill a little bit better to be able to catch ourselves in that cycle a little bit earlier on. Um, and then we get into, then you might start engaging in that in a new way, right? Now we're actually doing the work, we are going to do something that is a little bit more nourishing to ourselves and a little bit more aligned with this different version of ourselves that we're trying to create. And then we might get into that place that I was speaking to earlier where we're going, cool, that's 
not enough. <laughs> like, okay, now you're kind of in that like satisfactory stage of, all right, I'm trying the new skills. I'm trying to not be as, you know, chaos seeking anymore. I'm trying to get comfortable with the calm. I feel unsatisfied. Like you've got that weird like limbo phase. And this is the part I wanted to speak to is a way to kind of reframe that a reframe for that and, and maybe even just like a something to hope <laughs> like uh the next thing to look at and to look forward to is that with that autonomy coming into play and that mindfulness coming into play that Jamie was just speaking about as you start to become a little bit more autonomous over these choices that you're making while you notice these patterns and you start to shift the patterns and make different choices you will find that the energy you conserve from all the amount of energy that you were giving to the chaos that you essentially created or sought for yourself, you you had this intense energy exchange, right? And so that's why if you replace that activity with something that didn't take as much energy from you the way that you are used to, you have this excess of energy. And that's why you're like, eh, like, wait, well, now what? You know, because you feel like you've still got like the this interaction that your brain was seeking was a lot higher of a level than what you just gave it. And so now you with this surplus of energy and this skill that you're gaining about autonomy over your choices, think about how to start applying that surplus of energy in ways that are more aligned with the life you're trying to create. So now all of a sudden, I mean, if you are no longer spending that much emotional energy and it also has a toll on our physical body, I really want (laughs) to emphasize that. Now you're able to do something else with that energy, like pursue a hobby that you've always wanted to do, but for some reason, could never get around to finding the energy to do it. Well, maybe now you can because you actually have a little bit of surplus energy to go towards that. Or maybe now you've just conserved the best of your energy for the things that are of a higher value to you in your life. I'm a parent. And so when I give less of my energy to these like actual like things that are just totally outside of my control and truly actually have nothing to do with me, whether, you know, like engaging in trash TV or podcasts or whatever, when I've conserved the best of my energy, I get to give that now to the things that are more valuable to me, which is the relationships that I have with my family and especially the amount of emotional energy that it takes to be the type of parent I'm trying to be to my kids. I feel grateful now that I have mindfully chosen to conserve my energy to put it towards something that's a much higher value thing for me than this was in the first place. And so it's basically, it's almost like what we're doing, guys, is we're just reorganizing how our brain conceptualizes this giving and receiving of energy. Because at the end of the day, that's what a lot of this comes down to, is this chaotic energy was coming into our lives, and we were giving so much energy in return, and it was this really high-intensity experience for us. And so as we move into a state that might seem a little bit more like chaos-free and more peaceful on the outside, how do we now interact with this? energy that we are wanting to come in and wanting to come out. And so, and this is where a lot of that kind of like self just exploration comes in, like getting curious about who you are and what val- what's valuable to you and like how you do want to be spending your time and energy. Because I don't even want to sit here and disparage like, oh, you should never have high levels of energy. Like, no, <laughs> like if you knew me and Jamie, you would laugh at the, even the suggestion of that. Like, no, like you're allowed to be vibrant and really alive with energy. But in this new way that you're shifting, what we're talking about in this episode, it's about aligning that energy with things that are really valuable to you. 
And so you're going to be bringing in energy from sources that are actually like uplifting and nourishing for you. And you're going to be expending your energy towards the things that are really valuable to you. That's kind of like to give you an overview vision of like what you're going to move to, how you're going to get there. And then because you've kind of shifted your defaults, that craving for chaos, it does eventually dissipate a little bit. I I don't know that we're 100% in the clear (laughs) ever, but it will dissipate and you will start to set new defaults and you'll realize that the way you're choosing to like intentionally interact with energy is going to feel so much more fulfilling for you that you're just going to start to really conceptualize and interact with it in a whole new way. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you really wide lens this for a second, we spent however many years, whatever our episode of enduring chaotic energy was, we spent so many years having it thrust upon us. Like we were enduring the energy. And that's what I actually hear thematically come out of a lot of the people I work with is they feel that like disempowerment, like life is happening to me, right? Like I wake up, I do my thing. I kind of, you know, when I need to relax, typically what they're saying relaxing is that chaotic like loop, right? I just need to doom scroll. I just need to watch my trash TV. I just need to kind of like numb it out, right? But it's that weird sustaining of the cortisol and sustaining of the looped dopamine cycle and whatever. Like it's this, it's this odd like sus like sustenance that's like moving forward without growth, right? And so I love the way you phrase that, CA, which was this idea of like it shifts the energy from you getting it subjected onto you or like kind of thrust onto you versus like now the energy is shifting and you are the creator. Like you are the like manifester of the energy. It's actually flowing out of you, not getting thrust upon you, right? And so if you're the manifester of the energy, that's what CA is talking about. Like our end game here is that you can find enough like connection to yourself that you're like, I deserve to do a hobby that doesn't make any money that just brings me joy. I deserve to, you know, engage with friends that are life-giving and that don't bring me any type of destruction and like, don't like annihilate my like peace. Right. And so you start curating and creating at the same time, the energy, which is incredibly empowering. It feels so powerful when you start shifting that energy because it's not that you don't get to do fun things anymore. It's that you are the one that's originating that type of energy. And it's the type of energy that gives you healing. And it's the type of energy that gives you growth, right? Versus whatever life throws at us is kind of whatever, you know, whatever gets defaulted to. And so we're shifting kind of that narrative here. All right. So I think that's a good place for us to kind of end here Mm -hmm. because we do want you to understand that this is like all the things we cover. It's, it is this like very personal journey. So yes, we have a couple of examples in this episode, but it's so personal. So whatever you thought of when we were explaining this, that's yours. That's your thing to explore. That's, that's all we mean by this. Okay. So It is really important for you to hear that because like we said in the beginning, it's hard to create examples that are going to actually encapsulate everybody who has this type of issue. Um, But because we're hoping that you draw the deeper narrative, that's what we want you to take from this episode, which is like the processes, the interaction, the awareness, and then the movement forward, the stages after, the skills to employ after. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, that's it for today. We'll see you next time, guys. Take care. Bye.
Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or individual Instagrams at recollectedself and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our Coffee Fiend Club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called Unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited. We are literally just shooting the breeze, having fun. You can see our full personalities and it is a blast. Honestly, it's pretty fun. So if you want to join us, you can find that at patreon.com slash unlearned. And that's it. The last thing I want to tell you is I want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become. And this is how we do the work.